Hello, and welcome to What Do You Like? It's Maria. And you also have Hunter. And today's topic for what we like and what many people like is uh, webcomics. Webcomics are great. We were discussing like what is a webcomic because there are many comics. There's graphic novels. There's the Marvel and DC comics and the and so then we have webcomics and webcomics, of course, are found online. Yeah. So it's not just that they are found online. We generally think that webcomics need to be at least somewhat independent. So an author or a group of authors have an idea to put it together, and then they are publishing it online, and that is the first spot you're seeing it. So something like Calvin and Hobbes would be a newspaper comic, not a webcomic. Yeah. It can be found online now. Calvin and Hobbes is potentially a bad example, considering it came out in, you know, the 80s and um, the internet wasn't a thing. I guess a better example, potentially, is a webcomic called Piled High and Deeper. Yeah. Because that was published in our school newspaper, not as the first place it was published. I would say that's still a webcomic, because it started online, and then it got put into a collection or got put into books. Yep. So that's that's generally my definition, and yeah. I think Maria generally agrees. Yeah, Piled Iron Deeper was the author's, I would say, vent space for the joys and tribulations of trying to get your PhD, hence Piled Higher and Deeper. He started creating it not as his full-time job, obviously. He started creating it because he needed somewhere to get all the rage out. And he also does indeed have his robotics PhD, but now he works more on trying to use his comic skills to make scientific knowledge and scientific news more accessible. Yeah. So I think a lot of webcomics, not all of them, but a lot of them started out as, I want to draw this cool thing and I want to practice drawing. And it's a good, easy, relatively low barrier to entry way to getting something out there. Yeah. Webcomics have been around for a long time, basically as long as webcomics and images have been able to be loaded on the internet. Yeah. There's been at least some kind of webcomic. And for some semblance of artistic skill, if as long as the idea is good, sometimes you can get away with a very low barrier of artistic skill. The writer of the XKCD comic, which is a fully just straight nerdy comic, is made with stick figures. Yeah, I think that's probably a really good jumping off point to sort of all the different variations on webcomics because webcomics are such a broad topic. Some of them are really focused on the art. They want to be really pretty and really picturesque and the writing is there, but it's more just, I want to draw cool pictures. And then you have something like Dinosaur Comics by Ryan North who is an excellent author, but the Dinosaur Comics series is the same six images for every single comic. So it kind of plays around in the space of what a webcomic would be. It's different text every time, but it's the same images. XKCD is, I think, kind of the low edge of the drawing where it's like, hey, I'm doing all these doodles and then doing science stuff beyond it. There's no narrative, obviously. It's just a kind of a joke a strip kind of deal. Yeah, it would be more akin to a Gagaday comic. 
in terms of newspaper comics, I would say it's more akin to something like The Far Side or F- or Bizarro. Those, here's a one-off thing, there's no real continuity, there may be characters that show up again and again, but there's no real, like, story in air quotes. Mm-hmm. I think one of the comics, it's been around since 2016, which it, it, it's a little towards the start of when webcomic, the renaissance of webcomics, when it really started to take off, I would say. Because that was a little at before when I started getting into them. And the creation of the apps like Webtoon is uh, the comic Belzebubs, which was uh, created by a Finnish artist who is a uh, graphic novelist and a com and he does uh, newspaper comics that was his full-time job he did it as many comics do uh, comic artists do as a way to get rid of burnout because he had been making all of his other comics and all of his other graphic novels he was not sure where he wanted to go from here but he likes black metal and he felt that the black metal community took itself too seriously I mean he's right he is very right oh, Oh, he's so right. And as he is in Finland, everyone who likes black metal knows each other. <laughs> I mean, it's Finland. There's only, what, six million people in Finland? I didn't fact check that at all. It's not very big. Finland has a complete rescue code dedicated to black metal slash metal musicians getting lost in the woods while taking photos. That is believable. That, that is a joke, to clarify. But I believe it. <laughs> I still can't believe it. Belzebub's was created as a way for the author, J.P. Ahonen, to deal with his burnout. And that was in 2016. He would do a comic maybe a week. And it got so popular that as of 2023, he is working on his second printed volume. He has had two music videos made with his characters, an album made dedicated to uh, around the band, which again is just comic characters. He's in the metal community enough and he knows metal musicians that they were willing to put their voices and skills into making an album. And now he is working on a uh, TV show while also working on an Indiegogo product, which was is going to be an immersive concert with these characters. That is what the potential of making a webcomic can give you. Yeah, I think that is the power of adaptation and expanding outward. Yes. I would say, I would caution someone saying, oh, I'm going to make a webcomic? I'm going to turn it into a TV show. No. Don't. Make a webcomic because you want to make a webcomic. That was not his intention. He was not expecting that to happen. This was a thing that he did to try and, you know, get the creative juices flowing again. Very well, he was established at the time, you know, when he started already. But I do think apps like Webtoons, Webcomic, Tapas, Manta are all decent ways to get your footing in the door and get your work out there. It's not going to be a slam dunk every time. There's a lot of struggle with any content creation, but you have to start somewhere. It is good to see what people will think of it. I actually will come at this from a slightly different angle because I remember reading a handful of webcomics back in high school. So webcomics have been around for a very long time, and I don't know that there was necessarily a renaissance in 2016 so much as it became available to phones. And I think that's a really big jump. 
I have an argument that it was kind of a renaissance because not only were apps made for phones, so you had it available, but that's when the big established names started making web comics. Sure. In, with the on those apps. Sure. I I won't disagree. I think that having it go into an app is actually a pretty big jump. They've always been around. You are correct. It just was a lot harder to be seen. Yeah, but that's also the way of any creativity thing. It's like, oh, web video has been around since before YouTube, but YouTube's now the dominant player. So which comes first, the creativity or the platform? Platform definitely makes it much more available to lots of different people. I think we agree, though, that there was a big expansion in the number of webcomics and the number of well-regarded artists in 2016 around that time where people started getting their name out there a lot more. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who have made it their career now and have expanded by starting in these applications. But it is a lot of work. Some success stories. Laura Olympus which is currently in its third volume, and that is a retelling of the Greek myths, specifically the taking of Persephone. It's an adaptation. Yeah, it's an adaptation. It's in the modern day and age um, where the Greek gods exist and they all are doing their jobs, but mainly it's Persephone going to college after being uh, sheltered her entire life by her very controlling mother, Demeter, and... Becoming her own person, I think, is the biggest uh, takeaway from it. Because, yes, she meets Hades, and yes, they'd establish a relationship, a pretty healthy relationship as far as it's going. Because I checked in. They're still doing well. <laughs> yeah, I, I have not read Lore Olympus. I've heard good things about it, but I would say I tend to not go for as many webcomics with long involved stories i'm a lot more of a give me my jokes and make them fast and let's go yeah that's true i did check in because i had to i hadn't been on the uh website in a while and it is such a strong comic in terms of discussion of things like mental health and dealing with traumatic events i'm going to say um not to get too far into the weeds but creating a good support system, establishing boundaries, all under this veil of fantastic artwork and compelling and likable and like to hate and love to hate characters. Yeah. The flexibility of the webcomic format lets you do a lot of different things that aren't necessarily possible in a book format, for example. Yeah, because it has to be out there. You don't know how people will react to it. If well, you... I, I meant literally, like, in your presentation of it, you can do things in a webcomic that you can't do with paper. Yeah. I meant literally, like, you, what you were saying, entirely accurate. You, you don't know what people are going to want from a book. But also, like, literally, you can embed sound into a webcomic and have a sound effect. You can have a soundtrack to your webcomic, and you can work with uh, other creators uh, in terms of music to create that, and it adds another layer to the webcomic. Yeah, and you start pushing against, well, what is webcomic versus an animation? But that's a different story for a different time. We don't need to go into all the detail on that. 
I think is when you have the option to see what people think, like I mentioned uh, just a little bit ago, was you can see it's an automatic response. And it's a bit of a fine line that you have to walk as a creator because because people love characters and they'll voice their opinions and they say, you know, oh, I really like this character. This character is great. They're so well done. They're so well made. And it's and I want them to do this or I want them to stick around and the author might be like well I planned on killing them in like the next season you know so what so that can change what the author decides to do or maybe they had intended for that character to become a villain and suddenly they're in a bit of a rock and a hard place because they also probably really like that character and they don't want to divert from their like designated storyline but hard to let go especially once the characters with the audience have kind of taken the life of their own yeah and i mean again that's not unique to web comics but because there's a little bit lower barrier to entry i think you see people starting with a web comic and learning how they want to react to this and going through that and learning and balancing through that especially in more uh narrative driven stories i don't read a ton of narrative driven web comics i guess the one that i can remember reading from ages and ages and ages ago is a web comic called one over zero by tailstake where it's very much about religion and the creation of a world and it starts with the author saying let there be light well that's a good start not heartwarming, but it's really interesting and very thinky. And the art style is fairly simple, but also quite nice. And that was written back in 2000. So, you know, old, old, old. I ended up finding it randomly in high school, read through it, really enjoyed it. Kind of went back through, read the first 40 or so strips and was like, okay, I still get this. This still works for me. Mm-hmm. It steals characters from other webcomics that haven't been around, you know, at this point now for... 25 years so that's kind of hilarious it's fun yeah no repercussions in any way i can see i think for me the reason why the narrative ones are both great is because you know, and also frustrating is because i get invested in it like any good narrative any good story and now i have to wait week to week in order for it to end I think that's why one of the like comics that i really enjoyed was it was just stupid popcorn fun yeah was the webcomic Noblesse. It's vampires, it's anime to the very, very, very deep center core. It has that whole uh, scenario of there's one big final boss and every baddie who comes across the boss who's on the good side says i will defeat you and it's harder and harder each time but every time they always fall and you know every time a new comic come up i know it was complete nothing meaninglessness a little tongue-in-cheek in the beginning i wasn't as like invested in the characters like moral compass because who gives a shit all the (laughs) it's just a monster of the day kind of comic and i did really enjoy it and when it ended it was just like oh that was really nice that was that was nice (laughs) so i guess that is a good question is if you have a narrative comic do you wait for it to come to a resolution before you start it or do you jump in and just what happens happens 
how do you know you have an interest in it until you start it? And then suddenly it's been like a week and you've read through all 500 comics. Like, give me more. I must have more. It's really hard to just set it aside and go, I'll wait till it's done. Because there's some comics are at their thousandth chapter. Speaking of comics that have been going for hilariously long time. There are webcomics that are over 5,000, 6,000 strips. There's a comic that I used to read and I freaking loved it. It had such a strong world building aspect to it. I can't remember what it was called, but it had a really strong story in the beginning. Began to like kind of divert. And as time went on, you could tell like from you know, the comments that other people were noticing too. It's like, remember when this story was about a guy trying to find his body? Yeah, and I think that's a problem with any sort of serialized fiction. Unless you have a very limited time frame, it starts getting into this weird spot where what you've written for the end ends up not really fitting. Yep. Sitcoms have this in spades. They have a lot of trouble with this. How I Met Your Mother is kind of the most most recent past 10 years example of this. I guess Game of Thrones is probably a better example. Yeah, yeah. Where they had a finish... They built up, and then they had to rapidly divert to the finish. Yeah. It just doesn't work in that case. Because it's serialized fiction's really, really hard, especially once you're building the track and you don't actually know where the ending is. Yeah, and because when you are creating a comic, the person who's making it probably has a plan at the end, but... It also comes to the, you're getting a response right away. The It's kind of revving up if there is a positive response and it's almost to the point where I don't want it to end. And then your previous ending doesn't make sense anymore because characters have changed because you begin to feel, you, the author, I can feel, can become invested in it and suddenly you don't want them to go this path suddenly you realize this is the thing you've been doing. You're not sure if the next thing you make will catch people the same way. It is tough to know how to end stories. And in a lot of cases, it's easier just to not really have an ending. Yeah. To just kind of stop. Yeah. In certain cases, that is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But you have to know what you're doing to pull that ending off. And it's really, really tough. I actually genuinely think one over zero does a really good job with their ending by having it wrap up and being like, all right, I have done everything I wanted to do with this. I've reached my thousandth strip and I'm done. Yep. I, I Let there be darkness is the last line. Yeah. Which is not spoilers, but... I just really like the simplicity and sort of the full circle-ness of that. I think an exam- I've got like two examples of one way that it kind of was not handled well and the author recognized it and another way that it's continuing and it is, I think, on a straight and narrow path in where they want to go. The one where it wasn't handled the best was is called Let's Play. It's still out there. I highly recommend you read as much as been created because the author has been on a indefinite hiatus because she said she was feeling burnout she had an idea it's not feasible anymore so she's having to step back and figure things out she was also doing a lot of other projects and it just got to a point where she couldn't do it anymore at least being the head of it and being it by herself so 
that comic is a I do genuinely like it. It had an excellent art. It is a nerdy coming of age, coming to maturity comic about once again, I like comics that discuss ins and outs of social interaction. Understanding, you know, what is a good relationship, whether that's a friendship or like a romantic relationship. You really should at some point read Sunstone. Word of warning, it's fairly adult because it started off as a guy being like, I want to draw bondage cartoons and then went, wait, I really like these characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, like that's what Let's Play happened, because one of the things for me and a bit of a spoiler is the main character. She is a very sh- she was a very sheltered child growing up. She's trying to figure out her path. She's working for her dad's company as a software engineer and she has to go sit with him for a meeting and it, the design make, sets this mood as a very tense moment. The first thought was like, oh God, the dad is this really intense, like overpowering pressure make, like that he ha- he's put so much pressure, he's probably putting so much pressure on her and he wants her to be the best and he's not happy with what she's doing. And that is wrong. He is a wonderfully supportive, almost too supportive, you know, in the sense that he doesn't want anything bad to happen to her but he understands he has to let her go and he says to her you know why can't you come to me with your problem so I can help (laughs) my peachy poo as he calls her I was just like oh my god that was incredible. I love this character. So the author has a lot going for it because there is those stereotypes that she does turn on her head. Unfortunately, I think that she just bit off more than she can do at the moment. Hopefully she can go back to it. The example that I have that goes that is better though in how it's handled is called Revelations of Eros and it is a semi-autobiographical story of a college kid from Mexico who is in college at a, in the United States now basically learning that it's okay to love himself. Which is a good thing to have. Because his childhood was incredibly traumatic and he has a lot of feelings that he hasn't really worked out yet. And I can tell, at least for the author, he's like, this is how it ends. I don't care how you feel about everybody else. These are things that actually happened. (laughs) Having a very clear, this is where it's going is good and bad. In the large portion of it, it's very good because it means you have a plan, you know how far you're going, you're going to build it out. It can be bad if it takes on sort of a different life and suddenly it feels like it's coming out of nowhere. But if you've got enough of a plan to say this is how it ends, I'm only doing this for, you know, a year, a year and a half or however long it takes. Until the story is done, until we get to I have a start and I have an end. And I feel like just in the way that he talks and like after each segment, they have kind of a discussion and the artist, he has his opinions and he kind of voices them. He's the main one that the audience will interact with. But the author also speaks up and this is how it happened. This is points in the story that I have. We're going to hit all of these points and then we're going to have this conclusion. And I feel like he's very focused on telling his story, how it happened for the most part. You know, you have to take some liberties to in order to keep the story going. But I do really like it. I think it is very well done. And he also seems like a very focused person. (laughs) I mean, I feel like anything where you're trying to update it once a week, you have to have at least some level of focus. Yeah. I do like 
when there is a narrative going with the comic that it doesn't divert too much because it is like reading a book and you want to get to the end. You want to know how it ends. Yeah. Web comics that treat themselves as graphic novels are always super interesting. Growing up, I only really read newspaper comics. So a lot of the comics that I went to kind of lean more into the newspaper comic style. Maybe it's only a couple times a week, but they're a lot more gag a day or if you miss one it's okay you'll kind of come back and get enough information from everything else so when i was growing up i had uh divorced parents my dad would get the paper every day and so i would read the comics because i was a little kid there was like these narrative comics that were like more serious Oh, uh, Prince Charming, I think, is one of them, or, like, Camelot. It's super detailed and super yeah, old yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The old school, like, They're murder mystery. completely mis- incomprehensible if you haven't been reading them exactly. for 40 years. Exactly. And the story arcs were something I would get so invested in them. And so, like, over the course of the week, I was, like, reading, and it's like, oh, my God, I really catch the bad guy. And then I go to my mom's, and they didn't get the paper. So I didn't know what was going on, and I'd try to figure it out. Because, again, remember, when we're growing up, you couldn't find this stuff online. It didn't exist. Like, we didn't have that. The internet has done a lot of really good things with regards to comics. It's a lot easier to be able to follow stuff, go back, check on what happened, and be like, oh, I remember seeing that that was planted earlier. Yeah. Something like Calvin and Hobbes, you couldn't do that. Again, I come back to Calvin and Hobbes because that's the one that both of us have a pretty good memory of and we read quite a bit, even though we wouldn't have read them in the paper because it stopped being published before we were able to read. Yeah. <laughs> Hilariously. Like, that is one that I think is really interesting to come back to is Calvin and Hobbes stopped being published in 1995 when we were both three. Yeah. Yet we both read copious I would say probably every comic strip that they have between the dozen different books that they had. Yep. My cousins and I used to swap the books out because we'd all have one and we'd be like, okay, this one is the repeat of that one. So I want this one, but this one has a the unique starter comic. So you can have this one because you haven't read it yet. We'd literally switch comics around or comic books around for Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is wild to go back and think about that. Yeah. Speaking of comics that have been around for a long time. Again. Again. And this is more of a, I guess, a subgenre, is messing around with the structure of Garfield. Oh, yeah. So there's a very long, detailed video about this by Super Eyepatch Wolf. We'll put a link in the description. But the one that I come to, and I guess the progenitor of this, is Garfield minus Garfield, where it is literally taking a Garfield comic and photoshopping out Garfield. So it's just the story of John Arbuckle kind of sad man (laughs) every once in a while they'll get a comic where it's just like that's really poignant and really interesting and also super depressing and then there's the square root of minus garfield which is sort of a varied collection inspired by garfield minus garfield where it is just we're gonna do random things to garfield i'm gonna take three random strips and jam them together and it works and there are over five thousand of them But there's such a broad variety of different things you can do with webcomics or comics in general that it's very hard to say like, oh, every webcomic does this because 
one of the webcomics that I read in high school a ton, and one of the creators that I really enjoy is David Morgan Marr and the Comic Irregulars, who have between two and seven webcomics going at any given time, and they're all photography-based. Or they're all Lego minifig-based, and it's very, very strange. But it's very fun. I quite enjoy those. Well, I think it gets to the point that all of the comics we've discussed like show different interests in what we want for a story or comedy, and that is all available in yeah. webcomic form. Yeah, there's, again, there's very little barrier to entry, so whatever's out there, if yeah. you think it, somebody's probably done something, or you can be the person to do something. Yeah. Same deal with podcasting. Like, like, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> like, you're listening to us. Why? I, I don't know. You've I honestly made, you've don't reached, know. You've reached the bottom of the internet. Congratulations. Hi there. It's the bottom of the iceberg before the bit that goes underneath the water. Yeah. Yes, that that is a metaphor that works and is accurate and correct. We mainly make this because we have we like to discuss these topics and we thought we'd share them and also it helps you do your editing hobby. Correct. <laughs> it's something useful, it's something interesting. Anyway, so I think that it is just a very fun topic to like really dive into because again with this sort of range you can also get into some really raunchy fun stuff there's a lot out there there is a lot out there be warned some of it gets dark uh, so some of the comics that i've i've read you know because this the main app webtoon has ad revenue and there was some resistance met when this first was rolled out but people gotta eat is uh and this is how they got to eat and this is how they make it work there would be some really raunchy stuff on there or not really but like explicit and people you know and it was not edited uh, and in the beginning that was fine because you know there wasn't any money attached to it people were just posting it on this app this canvas app and if it got popular enough to be part of the ad revenue or be part of the sort of shared profit of this platform you know then it would probably become an issue but if it was buried at the dregs of the bottom no one noticed at least initially some people try to find workarounds but it just got to the point where the artists would be like look this is explicit content. I can't show it to you, but if you donate to my Patreon or go to Tapas and pay me there, which is another app that has explicit content, but more with a pay, but only with a paywall, then you can go and see it. So that has been sort of like a curve to this because it used to be that like anything goes. As with anything, it depends on how much you trust your platform. If you are really worried about your own running a platform, make your own website. Like find something that gets you that independence and learn that. Like that is incredibly tough. And that is the downside to sort of all of these apps, especially ones that you can get on an iPhone because there is a limitation to this. That is a much, much bigger topic than I think either of us are mm -mm. equipped to talk about. Yeah, I read a little bit about it for like some of the policies. But again, another fine line of you want the, to tell this story. Well, what do you do to make it interesting? Because some people, they just want, you know, a fun little rom-com. Some people want something a little steamier, just like with any book that you would buy. Yeah. As with most things in the U.S., sex is this weird balancing point. And I think we won't go into too much detail on that. No. 
there's a lot to it and European morals are very different than American morals, which are different than the rest of the world. Yep. I don't know that we have a ton of point to this so much as to say it's out there. If you aren't the age of majority, Please don't, don't find it. Please don't. You don't Once want you're to. old enough, you're fine. Yeah. You yourself want to create it like there. Yeah, there's that, you know, make your own platform, whether it's on Facebook or social media of some sort. Maybe not Facebook. That one's probably also a bad choice. There are no good choices. There are no good choices. Do what you can. Post everywhere. Get your content out there. Play by the rules for some places. And then once you have enough interest, put it all on Patreon. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Patreon still also has their rules. Yes. The long and short of it is the internet is a weird place. Find the things that you can do. Find what you want to do. Find what you want to read. Because it will be out there. And once you find something that you want to read, if you really, really want more of it, figure out if you can support the author, the artist, directly. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of options out there. If they don't want it, you can't force them to make more of it. But if they have something out there, support them. Support Mm -hmm. your local artists. Even if those local artists are local to your internet space, so they aren't local to your meat space, they're local to your cyberspace. Independent artist. If they are creating something that you like. Yeah. If you like something, pay for it. Makes it easier for it to be around for much longer. So final thoughts on this. We really enjoy webcomics. We'll have a bunch of links in the description with probably just links to the platforms and then the one random ones that I enjoy because I'm old and put in old suggestions. No, you just have an old soul. Yeah, I also really enjoy stuff that's been around for a while, so I like that depth of understanding. But find what you like, support what you like, and we'll see you next time. Have a good time, guys. Like, share, and subscribe.